calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. You hearing this? It sounds like... Yeah, this is playoff basketball! Time to tap into playoff mode. That non-stop, claw your way to the top, give it all you got type of thing. From inside the paint to outside the arena. Where did this come from? Everybody's got to get in playoff mode and stay in playoff mode. Every single round. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, and TNT. This is John Rocha, one-third of the Geek Buddies, with this awesome ad for you. If you like this show and you want to make your own, and some of you have reached out and asked us about making your own podcast, well, let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer, and now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never heard before. Go ahead and let your freak flag fly. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and so many more places. And you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Take it from us here at the Geek Buddies. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on with the Geek Buddies show. everybody and welcome to an ever another episode of the geek buddies (gasps) we are back again for another episode here on the outlaw nation channel we're excited to be talking about so many things today uh i am one of your hosts john roke i'm a writer and producer and host here on the outlaw nation i am michael vogel i am a writer and producer of animated tv shows movies and content and this is Shannon McClung with a brand new cadence of the way I speak after listening to Mike and I am an animation writer and a television actor where you may have seen me on Teen Wolf, Silicon Valley, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine. 
All right. Well, now that we're done with those, that was dispensed with those kinds of approaches. Good day, good day, good day on the Geek Buddies. No, uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into a lot of things. Thank you so much to those of you who downloaded us uh, on the podcast feed or who are watching us on the YouTube channel here, the On the Outlaw Nation channel. We really appreciate it. For those who have come back, uh, thank you so much for staying on the Geek Buddies train. For those of you who are new, thank you so much for taking a chance on us. For those of you who are new, the way the show works is each of us brings up a uh, geek topic, a geek news topic. The three of us discuss it for a few minutes. Then we move on to uh, the next topic. So we do three topics. Then we'll take a little bit of a break, uh, about a five-second break for those of you on YouTube, a little bit longer for our sponsors, for those of you listening on the podcast feed. And then we jump into our main topic. And today's main topic is us discussing that WandaVision trailer that dropped surprisingly during the Emmys this past Sunday. There is so much to unpack. We were unpacking it before we even started the show. So there is a lot to talk about. But uh, Mikey, I think you're first up on this. Uh, Where are we going? Well, we're not going to the movies, that's for sure. That's my news. Uh, (laughs) son. Boom. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, So, yeah, just literally hot off the presses as of us recording this episode. uh, Disney has once again and sort of more officially uh, reset their dates for all of their movies. And if you are a Marvel fan, it is not great news. Yeah. Uh, however, if you're a Pixar fan, it's not horrible. So let's dive in and talk about it. Um, so surprisingly, uh, well, first of all, Disney has moved all of their Marvel movies uh, mm-hmm. basically a year. So that's sort of the big headline for the geeky stuff. We'll dive into a couple other specifics. But uh, Black Widow, which was scheduled to come out November 6th of this year, uh, lots of reasons. I think looking at sort of the COVID landscape, uh, looking at tenants' performance, mm. looking at the fact that that's three days after a little election that may or may not drive us all into a completely uh, divided America that no True. one can go to the movies because we're hiding under our beds. So we don't know. But for a lot of reasons, they've decided that that was not an ideal date. Um, but rather than pushing it back a little bit, they pushed it all the way back to May 7th of 2021. So basically an entire year from when it was supposed to come out. So basically moving, um, aside from from Disney Plus stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit, uh, moving the entire Marvel Cinematic Universe an entire year. So COVID and coronavirus have have robbed us of an entire year of phase four of Marvel. Um, And because as we've talked about a lot on the show, uh, the Marvel movies are kind of at all, they all move together. Um, that means uh, Eternals is going all the way uh, to November 5th of 2021. And Shang-Chi, which was going to come out May 7th, when Black Widow is now going to come out, is moving all the way to July 9th of 2021. Right. Um, so Marvel Universe, a whole year away. But um, Soul, the Pixar movie, the new Pixar movie coming out, is just going to November 20th. So although Disney is not confident in having uh, audiences ready for Black Widow, it does seem to be the fact that they think that people are going to check out a Pixar movie, which I actually think is interesting because I realized the other day that Onward is the last movie that I saw actually in a movie theater. Yeah. yeah. Um, So I think I'm going to go from uh, my last Pixar movie to my first Pixar movie. So... (laughs) (laughs) Kind of cool for me. Uh, And in another bit of news, uh, Death of the Nile, the follow-up to Murder on the Orient Express, Mm -hmm. uh, which was going to come out on October 23rd, has now been pushed to December 18th, Mm -hmm. uh, which is when Steven Spielberg's West Side Story was going to come out, which has now been moved an entire year to December 10th, 2021. So lots of really, really, really big moves. Um, 
lots of other smaller things uh, for anyone who's interested. I mean, the entire sort of lineup uh, is, let me see where it went. Um, I can no longer find it okay. on my page. So never mind. But those are the important things. So that's all you need to know. <laughs> all right, Shannon, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I mean, I think I think I was a little more optimistic than, than you guys were. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you guys called it that uh, Black Widow not just moved out of November. They didn't do a one-date shift. I mean, they moved everything up yeah. with her starting in May. Um, yeah, I mean, looking at the returns for Tenet, it was not the movie that brought people back to the theaters. I had read, and I don't know if this number is correct, that apparently like 70% of the counties in the country that can have movie theaters open. It's 70% that have them open, but you're still missing the big markets of like New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles. And even within that 70%, you you know, people just aren't ready to go back yet. And after having seen Tenet, I can say like, yeah, this was maybe not the movie to bring everyone back. It's very confusing. It's very long. I I, I think uh, it's probably a better, better chance with like a Wonder Woman or a Black Widow. But also, Spider-Man, the third Spider-Man movie is was supposed to come out in December of 2021. I think it's like December yeah. 17th, which it would not surprise me if that gets moved as well as they are still shooting Uncharted, yeah. um, I think in Germany. And so they haven't even begun work. They haven't announced anything for Spider-Man 3. So again, not unexpected. It's disappointing, but hopefully Disney Plus is going to be filling that gap for us you know when you look at this thing it's really interesting too because like you're hearing a certain section of politicians trying to tell you that everything is fine go back to school go back to work you know go to these things but don't wear a mask if you don't feel like it blah 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 but a lot of these companies are not following that suit they're requiring people to wear masks to go in college kids are getting this covid at huge rates on certain campuses it's affecting college football which they're trying to ram through to have happen, and now we're seeing games getting canceled left and right. The University of Houston has had four games canceled by the opponents for the last four weeks because they keep breaking out with COVID, the other opponents. So this kind of stuff, there's a reality that's happening and an alternate reality that some that some other people are trying to create in their minds. But the studios are seeing what the actual reality of this situation is in that people are seeing movies as a luxury now more than ever. They don't want to necessarily put themselves in a situation where they might catch COVID sitting in an enclosed area with people who might be careless. I mean, people are careless about their hygiene or about their about going out the door sick regularly when they go to a movie theater. So why would they all of a sudden have a care uh, overall to not go to a movie theater if they happen to have this COVID thing? So that's a fear that a lot of studios have. Also, there's lawsuits that could be on the horizon. There's a lot of things that could happen if you open this situation up. And I'm looking at CNBC's article on it, and they mentioned something really interesting. AMC shares plummeted 7% after this announcement. IMAX shares fell 6%. Marcus Theater stock fell 5.7%. Cinemark fell 3%. And Disney shares went down two percent that's an interesting uh uh, thing to look at and also according to a survey in mid-august conducted by morning consult a global data intelligence company they found that only around 22 percent of consumers felt comfortable returning to theaters that was less than a month ago in august so you look at this situation and you're just like this is the reality of what's happening and uh you know a couple of box office analysts also chimed in and said these smaller films that are going to get access to theaters now because these big blockbusters aren't taking up multiple screens 
they're not going to do that well. They're not. It's not. It's not really a godsend for them to be able to be out there because they might not make any money at all. And so they'll spend all this time marketing it or putting it out there, but it won't necessarily yield the kind of results that you want to have in this situation. This is all smart to me, in my opinion. We'll see what happens with Soul Mike. I mean, there were rumors about it going to Disney Plus, but now it seems very, very strong that it will be coming out. And also, Bond is another one. Is Bond the next one to move? I wonder because that's also supposed to come out November twentieth. And I do think also, uh, appreciating everything you said, I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of people that aren't too nervous about going out. I mean, I know like the- The, the, the box office 20... doesn't prove that though. Well, but the, what the box office proves is that people didn't want to go see Tenet. And I think like talking to some of my friends at the studios, uh, what a lot of people are saying is, yeah, like Tenet, not everybody's bag. Uh, you know, at to Shannon's point, very confusing. And even besides that, like Christopher Nolan isn't necessarily- uh, the one that everyone is excited to go see. Cinephiles are, like we were all excited wow. to see it, but like your average American, and when you only have one option, okay. it limits things. And I think what people are looking towards, and I think this is why maybe Soul is coming out. I think Disney okay. doesn't want to gamble on the MCU. The MCU okay. is a huge monolith, thick thing. And they're just like, let's just move it all out of the way and not even deal with it. But I know Soul comes out, I think a week later, DreamWorks is releasing Crudes 2, uh, you know, I think that we're going to start seeing like family movies coming out. Like there are going to be more than one. There's going to be more than one option at the cinemas come November. I also heard that analysts are predicting that October were screwed, but by November, the big market that Shannon was mentioning are going to at least start opening partially unless we have some yeah. huge outbreak. So I think that tenant isn't necessarily all by itself, the best, uh, indicator, uh, when you have three or four movies, uh, that you can choose from at the movie theater and the big markets are open again, I think we're going to see better how it's going to go. Um, and so I think that's going to be interesting. And I think that's why you see Soul there. I think they're kind of banking on the family movies. Uh, let's get out of the, let's get out of the house. Let's go to the theater. I've been trapped with you guys for a year. I can't do this anymore. Um, so I think that it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I think that like everything, uh, you have one side saying that, we should open up all movie theaters and there's clearly no problem. And why is everybody freaking out? And how could you move the Marvel movies? You're ruining my life. Like it's not really a big deal. And you have the other side saying, I'm going to live in a bunker and I'm not going to touch a movie theater until 2022. So I don't care what you do. And the truth is probably somewhere in the middle. So it'll be interesting to see what happens come November. Well, and also you have to think that um, Disney has a contingency plan with soul like if if it does come out and the box off receipts aren't what they want it's like okay let's get it out on disney plus or let's get it out uh uh premium uh pov uh let's let's get it out quick let's get it out in well, i don't weeks. think i don't think you can release a movie and then charge 30 dollars for it on disney plus premium well, no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm, not ta I'm not talking i'm not talking mulan i'm talking about like what what like trolls right oh you think they yeah, would just default to a vod situation yeah Okay, that's possible. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I, I, it'll be it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I personally, and again, everybody's opinions totally different on this. Uh, I know some of our listeners are probably like out at movie theaters right now. Some of our listeners are like, I'm not gonna go to a movie theater. I, given where LA is currently at, unless something drastically changes, like I will be comfortable going to see Soul okay. in November. Like I will go check it out in a theater. Um, you know, thus far, unless I've completely missed some stories, uh, of all the places and situations where we have heard of COVID outbreaks and whether it be schools, schools that aren't, uh, and college campuses or 
bars or parties or big long holiday weekends, uh, there haven't been a ton of movie theater related COVID cases. That's a so fair point. We haven't heard I, a lot, of, but that may also be Mike because no one's going. So if no one's going, maybe. they can't like like a Sturgis. 250,000 cases came out of that Sturgis rally because a hundred or 300,000 people went to that thing uh, and uh, contracted everybody else around them when they left that damn thing. So that's the situation there. And I would push back a little bit on what you said with Nolan, Nolan, Nolan inception made over $800 million worldwide interstellar $600 million worldwide uh, Dunkirk $500 million worldwide. And that's removing the Batman thing. So I think people did want to go see Tenet. I'm so, not arguing that Christopher Nolan is not he, like, I mean, Christopher Nolan probably people won't. don't want to run out and see a Christopher Nolan. Movie, I'm saying, I'm saying that I'm saying that Christopher Nolan, uh, as much as he is one of the few actual directors that can open a movie based on the fact that he's Christopher Nolan, True. when that is your only option. Uh, and listen, I'm just, this is just sort of my uh, armchair observations, even yeah. amongst my super geeky friends here in Los Angeles Christopher Nolan, with each successive movie, has become more and more and more of um, a specific taste. Mm. People, people okay. with each successive movie go, ah, whether it was Interstellar or Dunkirk or whatever, mm. they have like a, they got off the Nolan ramp and they said, he's great, but it's getting a little much for me. You know I'm what? Not saying, and by the way, and I'm not saying that point. I don't, I, I love Nolan. And right, I'm not right. saying that had Tenet come out and none of this had happened, it wouldn't have been a huge summer hit because I think it would have. Mm-hmm. I think combined with everybody nervous about being yeah. at home versus going to a movie theater and everything else, Tenet is not, I think Shannon's right. I think Wonder Woman would have had a bigger box office. I think Black Widow would have had a bigger box office. I understand mm-hmm. why Disney's not risking it, but I think that ultimately Nolan is not the ultimate test. And I think also to my point about Soul, Tenet is also not the movie that you pack the kids into the station wagon and say, let's all go enjoy Christopher Nolan together, whereas Soul or Crudes 2, if you feel comfortable, it's a great way to get everybody out of the house and go see a movie. And it's also in in the wake of the word of mouth Mm -hmm. that people were not leaving the theater being like, oh my God, that was the most amazing cinematic experience I've ever had. I mean, at best, people were like, ooh, it was a little confusing. I think I need to see it again. And then there were people like me that was like, yeah, I was confused. Unlocking that mystery of how the mechanics of this work aren't going to make me enjoy the movie anymore. Like I saw it once I'm good. Well, you make a good point, Mike. I mean, inception 800 million, but that's 2010 interstellar four years later, 677 million Dunkirk seven years later after, after inception 526 million. So certainly the box office returns have uh, dipped for Nolan. If you remove the dark Knight movies, obviously they've dipped with his more original content so that's a fair assessment to make for sure. Uh, and you might be right. You might be just, this wasn't the film to get people out of the house, but I, nothing makes me less inclined to go to a movie theater than to go see Soul packed with a bunch of families and their kids sneezing and snorting and not wanting to wear masks all over the place. Well. No thanks. Uh, so uh, I, I am going to lobby pretty hard if I still have access to Disney screeners to get that at home or to get a certain screening uh, hopefully down in San Diego for certain for a certain theater and they'll I mean, uh, sit way in the back. So we'll I think, see. I think but... your uh, I think your description is maybe a little biased. I think that I'm comfortable going to see a movie where everybody is socially distant and they're obeying all of the rules and people are wearing the mask and uh, there's a safe beings, distance between kids. You think families and their kids are going to obey the rules? They barely obey the rules now before the COVID I... situation. Hey, I'm just saying. I'm I'm biased. It's my opinion. I'm with you, you, Johnny. I'm with you. I'll go to a theater to see it, but I'm going to go on a Monday 
Yeah, right. <laughs> at 11 a.m. 11 a.m. <laughs> or three in the afternoon, whatever, or one in the afternoon where there's kids in school. But yeah, I mean, uh, we'll see. I mean, I think you're right uh, that that there are other movies that might have been a better barometer to judge people's ideas going back. But you can't ignore these uh, these um, uh, anal- analytical converse, uh, questions that they're asking and these surveys, rather, these surveys that are coming back with these results that only 20 to 30 percent of people want to go back to a, to see a movie no matter what it is. So uh, we'll see, though. We'll, well see. If Soul comes out thing- and it crashes, then we've got our answer, I think. Oh, yeah, I think that's true. The other thing that I think is funny about polls in general, and it's hard to say, is, you know, you poll people, you call people at home, and you say, hey, do you want to go see a movie right now? And you yeah, no, I don't want to go to it. Movies actually open and come out. Yeah. Eh, you're not doing anything on a Sunday, and you're like, uh, I'm going to go check it out. Like, there was a lot of people who didn't want to go out to restaurants. And in yeah. L.A., where restaurants are outdoors now and everything else, like restaurants are definitely getting more crowded. I mean, all outdoor seating, all six feet apart, all socially distant, all taking your temperature, doing all the things. But uh, but, there, you know, as, as I've been going to get food with friends, like I've noticed Shannon and I got sushi the other night and it was more oh. crowded than it had oh, been nice. in a minute. Did you have a good time? Did you have a good time? We did. Just the, the best. You night. know what? So nice. <laughs> so nice when we give Shannon a chance to actually talk. <laughs> He doesn't like to talk. He only likes to listen. <laughs> I drove by the Abbey. There was nobody being socially distant in the Abbey the other day. It's ridiculous. That is why I have not gone to the Abbey <laughs> yeah, yet. Some of these, <laughs> some of these restaurants, but they did come out with that. Uh, um, uh, what did that uh, survey the other day? Not survey, but rather that whatever it was. It was they 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 found out that the people who uh, were part of the recent spike that has happened in certain areas, it's because they've gone out uh, more often than people who haven't. So that has been a factor in increasing the spiking but um it seems like if you if you're careful about it and you're and you monitor things you should be all right i mean we've gone out a few times and we've yet to do any to get anything thank god so yeah hopefully it is the way it goes but it's going to take some time but i think these studios are just being smart about it for now and then we'll see what happens the the sad thing is it'll cost jobs it'll cost people's um uh, uh, employment, their future, what have you, you know, LA is becoming a weird place to be in right now. You can sense the frustration and the anger and the fear and the depression in the streets. At least I can. And so, um, it's one of the reasons why I'm leaving, to be honest with you, it just feels like there's like this kind of anger bubbling below the surface about everything. And it's, it's a shame to see because people love movies, man. We love escaping. And I mean, the one thing movies do for us is escape the nuttiness of the world or allow us an escape from the nuttiness of the world. We can't even have that now. So I mean, you should come we'll walk around West Hollywood with me. I think, I think my streets are not as angry as yours. We should, uh, we should take a walk together and observe. Oh, well, uh, all right. If you say so, I've seen some angry gay people in my time. All right, let's move on. <laughs> well, that took a turn. Just took a turn. I just said, people are happy walking down the street, buddy. You said, West like Hollywood, there. Buddy. you said West Hollywood. Uh, anyway, <laughs> let's move on to our next, uh, what's our next thing? So yes, we got, we got some unfortunate Marvel news, but you know what? We also got, the silver lining. We got Disney Plus coming to the rescue. <laughs> so we, uh, the Falcon and Winter Soldier, we know it's not coming out in 2020. It's going to come out in 2021. They haven't released a date. Fingers crossed it's in the spring. Uh, but, yeah, but it has resumed filming. Um, and we got some news that Miss Marvel has pretty much released their director lineup. And if the Marvel Disney Plus shows kind of follow that Mandalorian formula... It's going to be the directors all working together. And this uh, lineup that they have, it's really interesting because they got a little bit of this, a little bit of that. 
First, they have uh, Adil El Arbi and Bilal Falah. And these are the guys who just did Bad Boys for Life, which is the biggest grocer of 2020, reinvigorated <laughs> a 25-year-old franchise. They have signed on with a uh, television director named Mira Minone, who's done a ton of television, like yeah. Punisher, Walking Dead, Titans. And we have a documentary filmmaker. Now, she's actually uh, of Canadian and Pakistani uh, uh, origins. And her name is Char uh, Charmaine Abad Chinoy. Now, she's actually uh, been nominated for uh, Academy Awards, like a couple of wow. documentary shorts, um, has gotten some Oscar attention. So really interesting, uh, really interesting directing team that they have put forth. And also, we found out who was playing She-Hulk. Last week, it was announced that Tatiana Maslany of Orphan Black and most recently Perry Mason fame is going to be playing Jennifer Walters. Uh, Mark Ruffalo sent out a sweet little text saying, welcome to the family, cuz. So we do have some good news happening. So thus far, gentlemen, what do you think? I, it's all yeah. great. Yeah, go ahead, Micah. It's all great. Done. John, Bill, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. I, I Once again, this is smart. As opposed to the Ron Howard announcement, this is how you do it. You find people who understand the intrinsic nature of a culture to direct and write the series about a person from that culture and people who've actually been from, who are from that culture who've acclimated to America as well. So they understand the unique experience of Kamala Khan. I love that. Also, I enjoy the uh, idea that we've got here of, uh, of Tatiana Maslany finally getting the lead of something of some note, some prestige. Orphan Black was like kind of that Canadian treasure you hid under the bed and pulled out to enjoy when you wanted to. Uh, and, and although people loved her in it, it didn't, it didn't yield the big leads that people were hoping for her. Certainly she was in running to be Jen Urso. And in my mind, that's a better Rogue One than the Rogue One we got. And I love the Rogue One we got. I can only imagine what Tatiana would have done with Jen Urso, uh, mainly because she wanted to be part of that franchise. And I'll leave that there uh, from uh, sources I have. So this is an interesting thing, in my, in my opinion, to have uh, her be part of She-Hulk. So uh, people were like, well, she seems too small. Uh, and then other people were like, well, no, she's supposed to Hulk up. That's kind of how it works. You know, and Ruffalo is, is not winning any strongman contest by himself. So right. these, these whole thing, I think all of this works really well. And once again, Marvel slash Disney goes this route of finding an independent film actor with real credentials, strong acting ability, um, and an ability to, to just display a great, create a great role. So that excites me. Oh, and also she'll play this She-Hulk character as well. So there's a lot here that I think is going to be um, fun to explore. And I wonder, are they going to do the CG on her like they did with Hulk and just kind of superimpose Ruffalo's face on it? Uh, or are they going to cast someone else to play it? Like, what do you guys uh, see happening with She-Hulk as well? I, I kind of feel like Shannon and I talked about this at our lovely sushi dinner where it was just the two of us. Just the, um, we, uh, we were talking about it. And... Uh, <laughs> The, the 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 challenge for Marvel, but also the reward, and we'll talk about WandaVision in a minute, but I think yeah. looking at WandaVision, this sort of says this does seem to be what they're doing is by using a lot of the same actors, a lot of the same, uh, they're all in the same universe, everything else, like your special effects have to be on par. Mm -hmm. And so because we all know what Bruce Banner looks like in the Marvel Universe and what Hulk looks like in the Marvel Universe, yeah. and because this is the same concept i think they can't all of a sudden go the lou ferrigno route you know you have to like yeah. you've got to go like 
this is who she is as Jennifer Walters. And when she hulks out, if she's going to be comparable to her cousin, like, I yeah. think they've got to go CG with it. I think, I, I would think, I mean, I would be surprised if they didn't, maybe they won't, maybe yeah. for budgetary reasons, they'll come up with some other solution, but I would be surprised if they don't, particularly because they've pretty strongly implied, if not outright said that she Hulk in success will join uh, the movie casts mm -hmm. in some ways at some point as well. Yeah. So I think that given that fact, it's like you're going to have her standing with all the giant special effects uh, creations of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. She's got to she's got to hold her own. Yeah. So I think she will. Um, and to your point, I think it's great casting. I think also um, her performance in Orphan Black makes me very excited for her performance in She-Hulk just because in Orphan Black, she so successfully played multiple different characters yeah. on screen at the same time, having conversations with each other and the subtleties of differences. Like if she was playing one clone who was pretending to be another clone, yeah. that was slightly different than the way she acted when she was playing that other clone, because, you know, like there was a subtlety to the way that she nuanced that performance that makes me really intrigued to see how she's going to play Jennifer Walters versus she Hulk herself. You know I mean? I think there's going to be a lot of fun there. Yeah. So I think she's definitely the perfect person to do it. Uh, and I think uh, her height is actually a benefit because mm -hmm. the difference between Jennifer Walters when she is Jennifer Walters and she Hulk when she, she Hulk is a big part of what her thing is in the comics that mm -hmm. as opposed to Bruce Banner, where he sees the Hulk as this, monster that lives inside of him that he doesn't want to unleash because it's rampant destruction in the world of she-hulk in a lot of the comics like when she's working at the superhero law firm people are kind of like oh no i wanted she-hulk to be my lawyer you're yeah. just this little white girl like there's a it's almost the opposite that she's kind of it's a different story of more people like me when i'm this mm -hmm. um at least in some versions of the comics maybe she'll be more traditionally hulkish and hulk out and it'll be the female version of that but i would be surprised i think they're gonna kind of go closer to some of the um more humorous comics that kind of poked fun at the ridiculousness of the superhero yeah. universe. <laughs> well, there, there were hints of that in Ragnarok, right? When Thor was like, when Bruce was like, no, nah, you want me to be Hulk. You don't want me. Yeah. You know, so there were hints of that. Certainly. So that, that would be a nice, it's not the overall element, right? You're right. The, the way that's played is that this rage thing inside of him. And this is a nice twist. And if they make that the overall feeling is that she struggles with this because uh, people seem to enjoy her as She-Hulk more than Jennifer Walters, that could be an interesting thing to explore as well in, in, in a series like this. And I think, and look, she's a TV veteran by now, certainly with, she was great in Perry Mason uh, again. So um, this is her wheelhouse. This is her playground. So when she makes the jump, I'm going to be excited to see that, to see her in the feature films. Yep. As you're being part of the MCU in the feature films, she's going to be a great element. She won't miss a step, John. Yeah. I mean, I think you are absolutely right. Like, as much as I do really enjoy Rogue One, um, I think it would have been Felicity, jo Felicity Jones, right? Yeah. Um, Felicity Jones was great. Yeah. But I think there is just, there is a harder edge to Tatiana Maslany mm -hmm. that I think would have maybe benefited the film and yeah. when she gets amongst the the movie titans that she's going to be around like the chris hemsworths i mean she's going to hold her own she's yeah. going to be fantastic absolutely i just praying far off at far off a year or further than it would have been anyways in the future yeah. now i am praying for the day that jennifer walters and matt murdoch have to go toe-to-toe -to -toe on screen <laughs> in the marvel cinematic universe in a in a courtroom that is my dream <laughs> that is my dream uh, and actually, really quickly, Johnny, to your Miss Marvel yep. standpoint, a hundred percent. I think the fact that uh, the fact that everyone attached to the project has a 
personal tie to mm-hmm. the content of that project is great. Yeah. I think that the fact that you have action directors, TV directors, documentary filmmakers, like all kind of working together to tell this story. Yeah. Uh, Kamala Khan is one of the coolest characters in the Marvel universe. I think she's amazing. I think the comic is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that it, it's, we're getting into a race to see which thing I'm more excited about. And with every announcement that comes out, I'm getting just more excited about all of it. So you're right, Shannon, despite the fact that our Marvel movie news is uh, disappointing, uh, it seems like the Disney plus news is going to kind of carry us through this year. Yeah. It's uh, one way or another, they're staying alive in there in the ring punching. So it's a positive. And also this is so interesting because we were bereft of captain Marvel for 10 years and all of a sudden, we've got three potential Captain Marvels roaming around this MCU all of a sudden with Kamala Khan and what we're going to talk about next with WandaVision and Monica Rambeau with Spectrum, who has become yeah. uh, Captain Marvel in the comics at times as well. So a lot of Captain Marvels can't keep them all straight. There's only one Shazam. Yeah. Uh, anyway. All right. Let's move on to some DC stuff. Um, that was not a, that was not a, a that was not a, a shot or anything like that. I just want to make sure. I just love Shazam. Uh, let's move into some DC stuff. This is interesting, uh, that, uh, uh, Shannon sent us earlier today that he found, uh, and that is that John Cena is going to be part is going to be leading a spinoff series based on his character from the upcoming, the suicide squad, uh, which is uh, James Gunn's version of the suicide squad. The character's name is peacemaker. We've already seen the cheesy outfit and the big helmet and everything that he's wearing come to life and there's a lot of rumors that when you watch that uh, footage that they released from dc fandom certainly we talked about it on our dc fandom live event and if you haven't watched that dc fandom live event that we had please go and watch that on the uh, youtube channel or listen to the uh, podcast episode it was great to have kalinowski on there we all talked about everything that happened from uh, from the dc fandom not the september 12th one the one the first one and we mentioned how it seems like the cheesier characters look like they're going to be killed off and then they're going to bring in the, the suicide squad uh, with uh, Margot Robbie's uh, Harley Quinn leading them. And so what's going to happen with this peacemaker situation? Cause if he dies in the movie, I was like, well, they announced the series, but now they're saying this series is going to be how he became peacemaker. And then seeing the world through his eyes is what they've got set up. It's an eight episode series, which is of course based on the DC comics. Uh, James Gunn will write the series. He'll direct multiple episodes, including the pilot. The production is slated to begin next year, early next year. Um, Gunn said Peacemaker is an opportunity to delve into current world issues through the lens of this superhero slash supervillain and world's biggest douchebag. Uh, I'm excited to expand the Suicide Squad and bring this character from the DC film universe to the full breadth of the series. And of course, to be able to work with John, Peter and my friends at Warner Brothers is the icing on the cake. Cena, who's no slouch to building his Hollywood power uh, over the last few years, will now co-executive produce this thing as well, as well as Troll Court Entertainment. Um, and let's see one more thing about this. Uh, blah, 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 blah. I don't think uh, anything else. But yeah, there it is. All right. So if that's the situation there. It is going to be, in essence, how he became Peacemaker. So sort of a prequel for the character we're going to get in The Suicide Squad. What do you guys think of this? Had you heard of Peacemaker before? Do you like the idea that Cena's going to be doing this? Do you like the spinoff? And Gunn now adding more to his plate here before he moves over to to finish off Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, supposedly in that trilogy. What do you guys think about this? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was interesting that, like, I don't know which announcement came first, the Marvel delays or the Peacemaker announcement, but it's mm. like, okay, James Gunn, if he, he, they say he's going to do this before Guardians 3. Oh, yeah. He now has time. Right. Good point. Because yeah. at, at this point, it doesn't seem like Guardians 3 will arrive any earlier than 
like 2023. And mm. more than likely, it seems like we've heard that Warner Brothers is supposed to be over the moon about the Suicide Squad. And more than likely, because it, it's supposed to come out next August, yeah. uh, this show will probably probably be in production before that movie comes out. So to see them have this much confidence to kind of already guarantee like, all right, this is what's happening. Now we've seen this before. Like when, when before Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad, the original came out, mm -hmm. there was like, Oh, the next one's going to be Gotham city sirens. Like they, they, they had plans for these characters, yeah. but uh, yeah, Cena it's interesting because thus far outside of blockers, I have not particularly enjoyed him in in much what about uh, train wreck he was funny in train wreck with the he was a, yeah uh, but i don't know if that okay. equates to him being able to carry a series fair um, fair point so it'll be interesting it'll be interesting to see what happens um i thought so you, i thought you can't crazy. see it is what you're saying you can't see it <laughs> <laughs> it'll be interesting to see what happens but the fact that james gunn is is behind this it's like okay he's feeling confident yeah. let's see what happens yeah what do you think mike yeah, I, I kind of agree. I I think that it speaks uh, it speaks well of Suicide Squad the movie, as Shannon said. Like the True, fact that they're point. greenlighting this and like moving forward. The fact that this is the character they're choosing makes me really intrigued. I don't think he's gonna die in the movie, mm -hmm. even though this yeah. is a prequel. I don't think you invest a ton of money and do eight unless there's like some bigger plan that we're gonna do a bunch of like one off series. But I mean, I think if you're gonna invest in let's do a peacemaker series, you don't do an eight episode series about the origin of someone who's going to die in the first act of your big movie. So I'll be curious to see what goes on with this character. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not super excited about John Cena carrying wow. eight episodes of a TV show, but He's I am a 16 excited. time world champion. How dare you go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> that's in, that's in wrestling. Is that oh, wrestling? Yeah. also um, fake stuff? wrestling yes <laughs> but i uh but i am excited about james gunn bringing his sensibility to a tv series yeah. uh i also think it's interesting because don't know a lot about the character but based on what was in the behind the scenes stuff and in this it's like it sounds like that he's basically like a punisher character yeah. except yeah. a douchey comedic punisher I, so i think that kind of taking the idea of what the punisher is which is someone who very much believes in their version of right and wrong and good and bad and decides to take the law into their own hands uh with punisher it's very dark it's very brooding we love to see our punisher these dark like kind of like morality tales but having like the punisher who's like a shitty douchebag mm -hmm. like that's really interesting to me and i kind of think that's exactly what james gunn does well and so to that point if it were john cena doing anything else it'd be like eh John Cena kind of being molded by James Gunn and being like, here's who this is. Like, I think maybe they probably found something that was good enough that HBO Max was like, fuck it, we're in, let's do it. So yeah. good, good for them. It's just a crazy origin too. Cause this guy uh, is, Christopher Smith is his actual name for Peacemaker. He's a pacifist diplomat. So committed to peace that he was willing to use force as a superhero to advance the cause. Smith later learned that his peace through violence efforts were the result of a serious mental illness brought on by the shame of having a Nazi death commandant for a father. Death camp commandant for a father. So uh, <laughs> he believes his father's spirit haunts him continually and criticizes every move. I think all of us uh, can relate to that to a degree. Um, but this is uh, interesting. And he's worked with Blue Beetle before. He was a part of Kingdom Come uh, it, with Magog. 
So there's a lot of connections here. And apparently uh, the comedian was based on Peacemaker in Watchmen. Um, oh. young, yeah, Young Justice connections, 52 connections. Um, and Pax Americana. He was one of the protagonists with Blue Beetle, the question Captain Adam Nightshade, and Judo Master. So fascinating character for sure. And once again, one of these characters that he plucks out of nowhere and gives some kind of uh, rub to, and we'll see if we find some really interesting explorations uh, inside this dude uh, as a lead in the film. But I also think, or series rather, I also think you cast John Cena in this because John Cena is a film actor. He's not a TV actor. He'll do this, but I think it's going to be a one-off and then he's off to go do feature films. I, I don't oh, see I, I'm him not, staying on I, that. I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily think I'm not saying that, it's right uh, or wrong. I'm just saying what I think. <laughs> I don't necessarily think, I don't necessarily think that they're planning on doing like multiple seasons of Peacemaker. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and maybe if you're going to, if you're going to take the characters out of suit, if you're, if you're an HBO Max exec and you've got all the characters of Suicide Squad and everyone's super excited about Suicide Squad and you go, who are we going to do? Right. And you go, we're going to do this guy who dies in the first five minutes. You're like, eh, I don't want to do that. So, <laughs> but I mean, aren't we I, doing a Black Widow movie where she's already been killed? Isn't sure. that going after backwards she, too? After she existed in multiple movies okay. and in so like a decade of okay. – Yeah, like she's pretty established. Like I'm not saying you can never do a story about a person who died. I'm just saying right. that in this respect – and again, I could be totally wrong here. Maybe James Gunn was like, look, I know he dies in the first five minutes, but have I got a story for you? And he James Gunned <laughs> him, and it could be great. Like, like that could absolutely be the case. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting because I think it'll be – as I've said – in the past, as we've mm-hmm. talked about, like the Snyder Cut and other things, like HBO Max doesn't uh, doesn't have the uh, potential to do all of these things like WandaVision, which we're about to talk about, yeah. that connects to their bigger universe because they don't have a bigger universe to connect to. Right Now, what they can do, and maybe they will do, is, uh, you know, Flashpoint aside, and maybe they will have a universe and that'll change everything they can take individual characters from movies and mm-hmm. do marquee sort of high end shows that expand those individual stories that don't necessarily have to connect. Yeah. Yeah. And that might be an interesting way to go. I mean, if this does really well for them, we can probably look ahead and see, you know, I could see them taking some random Themyscarin Amazon who has oh. a small part in the movie, but we have an entire series on Themyscira or, like uh, you know, like, or like the Gotham PD thing that they're doing. So mm-hmm. I think there's a lot of potential for stuff like that. So it's going to be interesting to see the route that they take moving forward, as opposed to the Marvel connected universe uh, that we're about to talk to. I want that polka dot man series. Um, Seriously. <laughs> one, there was one word from both of you on this one real quick before we move on and uh, jump into our main topic. You mentioned the uh, uh, flashpoint possibilities, big rumor dropped a few days ago. Hasn't been substantiated in any way, but there are rumors that they're talking to Bale. They're talking to Val Kilmer. They're talking to Clooney. They're talking to all the former Batmans. They're talking to uh, a couple of the people who've been in other Batman movies about this possibility in the Flashpoint and having them pop up, kind of like a Crisis on Infinite Earths approach or CW crossover approach to Flashpoint. Would you guys want to see that, or does this kind of like push the boundaries of realism? And you're just like, I, I this will take me out of the movie rather than make me excited for the movie. I think in my fanboy brain, I'm like, oh my god, yes, get them all together. But in my more critical thinking brain, I'm like, this it has to still be a flash story. Okay, and I think you, there is the danger of weighing it down with so much fan service that it actually affects the movie. We've already got two Batman's, and those Batman's. And what has been laid out seems to have made sense that you have him leaving the Ben Affleck Batman and going to find 
the Michael Keaton Batman, who may or may not be used going forward in their sort of minor attempt at trying to do a, a connected right. universe. I think adding more on top of that, I think would be a mistake. Okay. Mike? Uh, similar answer. If there's a good story reason for it, great. If there's just a, let's have the Flash run through a bunch of realities and, oh, there's Christian Bale, oh, there's Val Kilmer, you know, who, whatever it is. Yeah. I'm kind of like, uh, I mean, don't do it just to have the fans all be like, oh, look who it is. Oh, my God. Like, that's amazing. But, like, if there's, yeah. like, uh, if there's a reason why, uh, you know, whatever the story is that causes... Because I mean, they're good. It's not. It probably won't be Zoom the way it is yeah. in Flashpoint. I don't know what the reason is that Flash is going to have to go into the multiverse or jump to these different realities. But if there were a reason for it, uh, yeah. so really bad pitch. But like, uh, Batman's in every multiverse. We're dying. Like whoever kills Ben Affleck, like, yeah, is actually killing Batman in lots of realities and Flash is trying to prevent that from happening. So you see this person kill Christian Bale. You know, like if there's yeah. a thing where it's like, this is a featured moment and it's cool, awesome. If not, it's kind of like, meh, okay. Yeah, the other two rumors are that approaching Chris O'Donnell to reprise Batman, I mean, to Robin, uh, and possibly Nicolas Cage to play the Superman he never played in Superman Lives as an alternate Superman in an another oh, story. Oh, I kind of like that one. So, <laughs> this is where that's this is where I start to this is where I start to be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? I don't I don't need to see any more O'Donnell, but I kind of do want to see that older Nicolas. Especially, <laughs> and like, there's a way. Look, he did Nicolas Cage, man. Yeah. Nicholas Cage was great as Spider Noir in Spider Verse, so yes, like don't was. ever count Nicholas Cage out. But like the bread boxes, yeah. Nicholas Nicholas Cage's Superman is so inside baseball. Uh, I'm just saying, man. Shannon, you're still Shannon's so excited about this. Still, I'm just I'm just thinking of that gift. Where Nicholas Page puts his hand forward like that, and he does that just as Superman and oh, takes it off. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, I take everything I say back. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to me. Oh, and also Grant well, Gustin is the rumor as well to have him come in as Flash because they had that situation in the crossover. So there are rumors. There are rumors. Don't be such a stick in the mud, Mikey. Open up. A it's not. It's not that. It's not. It's like. It, it, like I said. Like look. It. If you just do it to do it, it's kind of yeah. like, all right, like if they, there might be a really compelling reason why this has to happen this way, and I'd be down, but it starts to sound like a little too fan servicey okay. and yeah. like it, it sounds like, like CW's Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like, right, did, right. We, did we really need Burt Ward for an eight second shot? Like, true, did true. Really care about that? I, I, get, I, I get what Vogel's saying. Do we get Arnie? I do not get. I do not get Shannon's giggle excitement, fit, but. I mean that was that was a lot for Shannon. Do, do we get Schwarzenegger back as Doctor Freeze? Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I said or Carrie, you. Jim Carrey back as Riddler, or what's his face as uh, no, Two Face died, but Jim Carrey is a Riddler still alive in Arkham somewhere. <laughs> yeah, so I'm just saying. All right. Well, anyway, <laughs> let's jump into our main topic. We'll take a first to five second break here on the YouTube. But for those of you, let's, who let's are... take a make it a 10 second break. So Shannon can compose. <laughs> Why you did, let, him, let him be happy. What's wrong with you? All right. We'll be right back. I love it. It's brilliant. It's friggin' brilliant. Brilliant. 
Brilliant. Uh, anyway, all right. So let's jump into our main topic uh, today and certainly a very interesting one here. WandaVision trailer dropped on Sunday night during the Emmys. I think everyone was pretty surprised by this. Maybe the scoops people knew it was dropping, but I didn't know, I didn't know too many people who knew this thing was going to be dropping during the Emmys, especially the Emmys, which aren't really the most watched award show. Uh, but they did drop it. This is a TV show, so it makes sense uh, logically to drop it during that time. And we had gotten a teaser trailer a few months ago, a couple months ago, which sees a little bit of what we might see. And But we got a full-on trailer here. Alternate dimensions, allusions to House of M. Who is Catherine Hahn? A lot of sites speculating who Catherine Hahn might be. Also, we're getting we got the old costumes from the way back when times playfully uh, laid out as a as a Halloween segment. We also have this really interesting concept that Vision doesn't know whether he's alive or dead. Where are we right now? This vacillation between black and white and color. What does it all mean? We have uh, the lady from that '70s show coming in and hassling them as well um and then the other character actor i forget his name but he was really great pounding the table he's played that character multiple times in multiple projects so we have so much here plus elizabeth olsen plus paul bettany plus uh them holding kids so there is plus, so much plus 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 disney plus, plus, plus. plus. it's so <laughs> much up to its name exactly uh, fair point disney plus so what do you guys thought what did you guys think about the trailer overall and then what really stood out for you or what do you want to reveal about the trailer that really stood out for you gentlemen um Again, the, the unexpectedness of it was great uh, just to get, you know, a little morsel of something. And then basically, I don't know if they've confirmed the date, but it, it seems like it's going to be December. They did say this year. Um, yep. They haven't yeah. said the date, but yes, this year. Yes. I mean, I, I'm, I'm WandaVision when it was first announced, like when they were not announcing any, the, the very first mentions of Disney TV shows with Loki, yep. with Wanda and Vision, it was like, I don't know. Do you do you really need it? And to watch how the excitement has built, like the more I, I would just love to be in a room with the guys making the creative decisions at Marvel. How this started and how it has gotten to where to where it it is landing. Um, yeah, I mean the idea because he's got the the Mind Stone yeah in his in his forehead. The idea that Wanda can actually recreate an infinity stone or is this just all in her head um i'm really really excited to see this show and katherine hahn who is is just an amazing amazing performer and seeing her in that witch costume the rumors that she's agatha harkness which is a character a a witch from from the marvel universe who Mm -hmm. sort of mentored wanda at some point uh like i think she at one point she was a uh one of the original witches from the Salem witch trials. I think yes. I think that was one of the stories. Um, yeah. I mean, this, this show, when it arrives in December will be the best early Christmas present ever. Mm-hmm. Mike. Uh, I think what I really love about this trailer is that it shows that, and Marvel has shown this multiple times in the past decade, which is, once the the general public beyond just the super geeky public who's going to rip apart the trailer and want to know every little easter egg yes. um once the general public has bought on, bought in on your characters they're going to be in for whatever ride you take them on and and phase 4 of the marvel universe by all accounts is going to get freaky weird like like aside from a little bit of time travel and some aliens in phases 1 through 3 it was kind of the typical world 
phase four between the Eternals and Shang-Chi and what's happening in WandaVision and the multiverse of madness with Dr. Strange, like we're going out there. Mm -hmm. It's like we've hit the crazy 1970s of comic books where everybody was taking a lot of drugs and getting real, real dark and weird in their comics. And we've hit that. And so you have this show where ultimately it seems like this is a show that emotionally is about dealing with grief and maybe getting your happy ending. Hopefully we hope fingers crossed, but mm. you know, when we last saw Wanda, you know, she, at the end of infinity war, she had to kill vision. Yep. Uh, and then she disappeared for five years. And the minute that she comes back, she's so upset about what happened that she damn near kills Thanos all yep. by herself. Right. And then we have a brief little moment with her and Hawkeye at uh, Tony Stark's funeral. And this is the next we see from her. So she's very much, we've, you know, Infinity War is a little bit removed for us. Vision's been yeah. dead for a while, but for her, this just happened. And one of my favorite things in comic books is it's happened with Scarlet Witch. It's happened with Jean Grey. It's happened with a lot of like the mega powered mutants and superheroes. Like go to a small town and reshape reality. And because you're dealing with shit, maybe you don't even know you're reshaping reality. Maybe you do and you're just dealing with shit. But like at all intents, there's been a lot of theories online about exactly what's happening. But I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that like where she goes somewhere and just reshapes that town and is kind of each week reliving her relationship with Vision through some uh, each week is a new version of a genre of TV from sort of yeah. that leave it to Beaver slash Bewitched to Brady Bunch, to, uh, you know, it looks like maybe there's even like a Roseanne type of like working class family version of them. So uh, I think it's just going to be super, super cool and exciting. And I really hope that we get to stick with Vision after this, that I hope she doesn't have to say goodbye to Vision. But it could be all yeah. cards on the table. This could be a this could be a TV series that is ultimately about her learning to say goodbye, which will yeah. be very sad and I will cry. Or it will be a TV series where we find out just how powerful she is and she actually gets to keep vision because her magic is that strong. Well, I mean, I think it's I th real quick. I think it's the latter and we can jump in this in a minute. It's probably the latter since she's also probably going to make up some children in this reality that yeah. by all rumors are going to be real. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we see and it's a great point you bring up, Mike, this idea that, you know, the creating realities, alternating realities, what's really going on, what's not. I mean, uh, Christian Harlov texting me. He's like, what the hell is going on with this? Why is it in black and white? And why are they going back to 50s? And I'm like, well, probably because she grew up sheltered in Sokovia. And for her growing up watching black and white TV, uh, you know, watching a black and white TV. And the only thing they had on were American 50s sitcom where it was comfort food. So probably for her, that's how she views relationships, the idea of relationships. Because don't forget, they were sheltered for quite some time. They were kept in a cage for a while as well. This version of Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver. So like the, the things that they had to go through. So maybe she's resorting back to these places of comfort. We all deal with grief in interesting and unique ways. We all run back to things that make us comfortable in the tough moments. And her having Agatha Harkness, if Agatha Harkness was never been presented to us or mentioned to us as a possible mentor, it may not be a mentor situation. She may be someone that she creates to bring into the MCU in some dangerous way. That's true, too. Because remember, when she does this House of M, and there is there's a lot of allusions to House of M throughout this thing. Just look at the wine bottle. That's the House of M logo on the neck. Um, uh, it says uh, uh, Masson de Compris, which I think is uh, uh, House of Contempt or House of Misery, depending on how you look at it or depending on which French you're looking at. Um, also that's a house of M reference right there. So, okay. What does that mean? Cause in the house of M she has these kids and, uh, which is, uh, you know, created from Mephisto and then, uh, you know, she gets 
crazed when they die, apparently. And so trying to bring them back, uh, she creates these alternate storylines, but kills a crap ton of Avengers in the process. Yet a, a bunch of other Avengers have a happy ending, like Colossus getting with, uh, was it Emma? What's Emma Frost? Um, you know, other people get a uh, Spider-Man ending up with Gwen Stacy in this or Peter Parker and Gwen Stacy. In this. So there's a lot of alternate storylines. So I'm wondering how far they're going to push this out and connecting it to Dr. Strange is interesting too, uh, Mike and Shannon, because it's like, well, how far does Dr. Strange have to recompose the universe again after she goes, you know, she f- goes not crazy. I don't want to say that, but goes into the deep grief that causes her to create these alternate realities that are messing with the very fabric of existence for a lot of the characters that we've come to know. And also right at the end, sorry, Mike, right at the end, we get Monica Rambeau being thrown out of some other alternate uh, reality or whatever it was, maybe trying to get at Scarlet Witch. And we know Monica Rambeau in the comics becomes Spectrum, but also uh, Captain Marvel. So what's her role in this? That's the grown-up daughter of Lashana Lynch from the Captain Marvel that we got uh, that was set in the 90s. So what's her uh, stake in this? What's Sword's stake in this? So there's a lot here that was peppered in for just a TV series. So I'm I'm looking forward to see what we're going to get. Gonna, and I want to relax and enjoy it. I was going to break down the trailer for a minute, but for all of our non-comic book uh, listeners, I'm no, actually sure. going to break down what you just said because you just you just dropped a lot to unpack here. <laughs> Well, it's called the Geek Buddies. I feel like they've watched the Geek stuff, but all right, yes, please feel free. I get text messages from some of our listeners who are like, "I need you to, I need you to explain to me what just happened." So, really quickly, just to break it down, because I do think you bring up some interesting points. Two main things from the comics that, uh, as Johnny so eloquently and uh, and uh, rapidly put it, um, two big things that happen in the comics that sort of lead directly towards where it seems they're going with Wandavision. One, yeah. House of M, which is one of the most famous X Men comics, people love it, is when Wanda got so upset about things that were happening in her life that she changed reality so that there was no mutants and everybody was sort of equal and all of the mutant characters that we knew kind of became the rulers of this other world. And as John said, some people got happy endings. Peter got to be with Gwen Stacy. Some people had sad endings. And ultimately, reality had to be set right. She broke reality. She broke broke reality. So this is an example in the comics where Wanda was so powerful that she literally changed all of reality. And that's a big deal. And the other thing that happened uh, that's kind of related but tangential and also equally important is in the comic books, um, her and Vision at one point had two children, which is weird because Vision's a robot, which means he doesn't reproduce. Uh, And what it turned out to be is that... (laughs) is that she was actually, her magic had manifested these children uh, and they were disappearing when they would leave. And uh, it was a weird thing. And when she found that out, it kind of broke her and ultimately used her powers to bring these two twins into existence in real life. Uh, and they ultimately became Billy Captain, uh, Billy Kaplan and Tommy Shepard, who are Wiccan and Speed from the Young Avengers. So as we talked about last week, uh, all of these Marvel TV series on Disney Plus and some other things that are happening, looks like they're starting to assemble uh, the Young Avengers team. Um, And so in this trailer, as John said, there's lots of references to House of M because it does seem like Wanda is actually reshaping reality. Uh, And we actually see her in vision holding two babies. uh, And in one of the TV realities on the refrigerator behind her, there's like little drawings on the refrigerator. One is a B and one is a T for Tommy and Billy. So yeah, the idea that she has manifested children, that she is reshaping reality, uh, definitely two of the big prevalent things in this trailer. And then the other thing you were talking about is, yeah, Monica Rambeau, 
who is Maria Rambo's daughter from Captain America. Last time we saw her, Captain Marvel. Uh, last time we saw her, she was uh, giving Captain Marvel some color advice on her outfit change. Sure. Um, a lot of the rumors say that she has probably joined with Sword, which if anyone watched the closing the closing credit sequence in Spider-Man Far From Home, you saw Nick Fury on this giant spaceship with a bunch of scrolls, which is basically Sword. Now that Shield is gone and no longer uh, in existence thanks to Captain America who took down Hydra, it looks like Nick Fury is moving on to Sword, which stands for I had to write it down because I can never remember. <laughs> uh the uh, Sentient World Observation and Response Department. And this giant spaceship in the comics, Captain Marvel works there for a while. It's yeah. really big and important. So it looks like Monica Rambeau may be a S.W.O.R.D. agent, which is sort of this new iteration of S.H.I.E.L.D. And they are, they are probably there checking out. You see a shot where you have a bunch of lights and trucks yeah. and everything. And they're probably at the perimeter of this town that Wanda has reshaped. And when you see Monica Rambeau sort of flying out, what's interesting, she sort of flies out through one area sort of pops through into another reality, which yeah. looks like it's where all of the lights and the trucks are, but she's dressed in 1970s clothing. Right. Uh, so I think you are right. It does look like, you know, they're trying to get in there and get at her. So yeah. a so. lot of really cool stuff. I think with the uh, Agatha Harkness of it all, I don't know. It could definitely be that she is created by Scarlet Witch, but I think another likely possibility is that um, you know, Kevin Feige has been sort of teasing this for a while. He said, we're finally getting the Scarlet Witch. He's said in a, several interviews that uh, Wanda Maximoff is one of the most powerful uh, characters in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes. And that they're really sort of up, upgrading her. Like the what most people know of her, if they've only watched the movies, is that she got her powers from the Infinity Stones and that she can sort of do some weird stuff and like move thing, move objects. And she's really strong with what she can move and lift. Yeah. And they're definitely amping her up to the reality shifting powers that she has from the comic books. Mm -hmm. And I think probably if you are in a world where there are magic users beyond Doctor Strange, um, someone using magic on this level who doesn't really know what they're doing. If you were a old school witch, you'd probably show up and be like, hey, get your shit under control. Yeah. Um, so I think she probably does kind of show up because of what Wanda does. And uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Or but, uh, she could have uh, uh, she could be a bad actor. She could say, yeah. "Oh, look at look at this this mm. untapped potential here. If I can get yeah. her to do what I want, and that's maybe what right. leads us to multiverse of madness." Yeah. yeah, it could. I do think uh, you know you said something, Johnny and Shannon. You had mentioned something earlier too. Like I don't know. I do think that this kind of sets Wanda up for where she's at in multiverse yeah. of madness. I don't think things will be left as unresolved as you two. I think seem to think like it seems like what you're saying, Johnny. And correct me if I'm wrong. You kind of feel like whatever Wanda does and splits oh. reality and breaks things and whatever, we're going to yeah. kind of leave on that cliffhanger and multiverse of madness is Dr. Strange coming in and sort of getting things under control. Yeah. I think that this will probably be more close ended. I think just mainly okay. because emotionally, whether we end with, she actually does have to say a goodbye to vision or yeah. we end with, she gets her shit under control, but vision is returned. Yeah. I think that this incident in this town is going to be a, Disney plus isolated incident, mm. but the leveling up of her powers and where she is left on the power level um, as someone who can reshape reality, as someone who can travel into different realities, like however they're going to define it, yeah. um, Doctor Strange will either need her for what he has to do in the next movie right. or she will be along as he trains her, which kind of, Shannon, maybe leads to, yeah, maybe Agatha Harkness is a bad actor and is yeah. not the one to 
mentor her and Wanda has to defeat her at the end of the series and then will go to Doctor Strange who will actually help her control her powers. So a lot of options. We may find out that Agatha Harkness has been observing this from a distance for quite some distance for quite some time and knows of Wanda's powers and then finds this moment to step in and try to manipulate her control, as you said, Mike. And you might be right. It might be uh, closed ended in, but it introduces, which is what the I think the MCU wants to and Feige wants to, the idea of multi, the idea of a multiverse. Yes, within the MCU, because I mean. We've done everything we can do on the Earth. We got to kind of smooth. We keep moving out. We keep going gal- into the galaxy. And certainly Guardians of the Galaxy is going to be part of that as well in the third iteration. So there's going to be more of that sword being set up. It's going to be dealing with out Captain Marvel. It's out there. So there's rumors of Nova, all this stuff out there. So it makes sense. Although, to although strictly speaking, getting nerdy for a second, sure. getting nerdy for a second. Will um, we have to explain this or no? Are you going to be no, 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 nerd? just okay. nerdy. Just it's, it's more of a, <laughs> it's more of a nerd. It's more of a nerd question. Okay. Assuming now, they, and it could go either way. We won't know until we watch it. But true, true. is Wanda creating? Is is she traveling a multiverse, or is she creating, recreating reality? Because it's two different things. That's what like I think. If, I think she's recreating a reality. I don't think that town exists at all, or those people don't exist at all. I think everything is in her brain from beginning to end, and she's in a room somewhere. I think she is in a town, mm-hmm. and I think she okay. is she that town she has blocked it off and she is recreating reality within a certain space whatever the boundaries of that town are i think she's recreating reality in it but that strictly speaking is not a multiverse that is her doing an isolated thing so it doesn't quite she could not quite an easy it's not an easy string to the multiverse of madness over here unless Mm -hmm. you come to find out that every reality that she created does sort of now exist and she is branch. It. and yeah so yeah it'll yeah. so there's there's a lot of a lot of uh physics questions the other thing that is interesting is that we are now opening up and we already knew this because they've announced that blade is coming <laughs> um and with her with wanda wanda's powers now maxing up like magic in the marvel universe thus far has been sort of very specific yeah dr strange and his team over here who are protecting reality from other magics. But magic is very much like I wave my hands. There's some green lights. I make some shields, whatever. This is opening up into a whole new supernatural creatures, yeah. monsters, magical powers. Um, and so it's going to be interesting to see where all that goes. Yeah. Shen? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Blade as a character, and like I love Mahershala Ali, but Blade as a character introducing that that side of the Marvel universe into this world that's been established. That's the, that's the one I've had the hardest time wrapping my head around. Mm. Uh, It's like, okay, so now we are aware of the existence of aliens. We are aware of the existence of magic. Yeah. How do werewolves and vampires fit into this? Um, But thus far, everything that they've done has been, has been pretty solid. So while I might have reservations, uh, I'm openly or uh, overly optimistic. Well, it makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, we saw Morbius and Michael Keaton shows up in Morbius, and That's Michael Keaton is. Too. <laughs> I'm saying Michael Keaton's part of the MCU technically for being part of being Vulture in an MCU movie. So, him showing up in Morbius by tangentially makes Morbius part of the MCU 
in a way, not officially just yet, but certainly part of the MCU uh, eventually. And so we'll see how that connects. Is Ven- a lot of rumors about Venom showing up in these movies possibly down the road. So then Oof. Venom gets so the idea of vampires or aliens or, you know, whatever well, Aliens it is. we've already got. Well, Venom yeah, we've established it. Fine. We've established right, it. Right. It's fair. It's I, fair. Think, I mean, it'll, and maybe this has something to do with what happened Man, in Doctor Strange. Yeah, I mean, they yeah. did a pretty nice job in Doctor Strange kind of, uh, you know, Tilda Swinton showing up and kind of right. saying like, your superheroes don't deal with magic because we do. Right. Like, it's pretty, it's pretty clear cut. Like, Tony Stark didn't know about magical threats to the world. He just knew about what he knew about. Yeah. And everybody kind of knew what they knew. And Doctor Strange kind of shows up and you're like, okay, well, so you're the wizard guy and you're dealing with magical stuff. Cool. And then Thor and Loki kind of, you know, the Asgardians sort of bridge that gap because their science is magic and their magic is science. So they kind of have one foot in both worlds. Right. So it'll be interesting to see because I think it's an easy thing to say that like, well, you never knew about vampires because we've been dealing with that. And yeah. now in this post endgame world, whether something has happened to uh, to the mag- to magic itself is out of whack or with the destruction of the Infinity Stones happened or Wanda doing what she does is so powerful within the realm of magic that it just blows yeah. everything out of the water. I think that... It'll be interesting to see how they handle it, but I'm sure they have some kind of reasoning why, oh, yeah. you know, Cap hasn't been running around fighting werewolves since, uh, you know. <laughs> so maybe just didn't want to talk about it. Maybe just didn't want to maybe, talk maybe about he it. Just, maybe he just was keeping it to himself. Tony, uh, uh, I don't want to talk about it, Tony. Um, the, well, the, the, they, all get, they all get drunk. They all get drunk at the mansion one night and Thor's all of a sudden like, I fought a werewolf once. <laughs> it just Everyone just stops. Everyone just stops. Cool, Thor. You hear the, pl- cool. Hear the plate drop. Um. Real quick, uh, and I we got about we should wrap up in the next five minutes. But um, what is your feeling about this opening the door to Fantastic Four? Is this the way they're going to introduce the possibility of X Men? If she's going to remove mutant powers, she can put it back. And if she puts it back, does it reawaken mutant powers in certain people that we that had not they were latent these powers and have now come out? Will they become the mutants of the X Men? Uh, and Victor Von Doom has a big part of ha- in House of M. So will Von Doom be a part of it or Dr. Doom be a part of this as well and kind of introduce uh, the Fantastic Four into this all? So there's a lot here. What do you guys think? Is that a possibility or do you want to see that at all? I think the mutant argument is interesting because when they first introduced Wanda and Pietro, you know, they, they weren't allowed does he use the word mutants? Out. Right, right. They, they, that is a concept they couldn't yeah. use. But you can sort of retcon that, retcon that, and just say the reason that Pietro and Wanda are the only ones who survived the experimentations with the Mind Stone is because they had the mutant gene. Yeah. Now, leading into Fantastic Four, I, I don't know. I, I feel like Fantastic Four is kind of going to be separate from this. And just because this might be an adaptation of uh, uh, House of M, I don't necessarily think they're, they're going to use all the aspects of it for this particular story. Okay. Mike? Yeah, I'm kind of, it, uh, I think one of two directions they'll go, and I'm not sure which one they will. Like, A, Wanda's powers are clearly evolving based mm-hmm. on what she can do now in this right. trailer versus what we've seen her do thus far. Is that a mutation? Is that the beginnings of the first mutant that we're going to see? Was she a mutant before or did the did whatever event is going to cause mutations uh, you know like there's nothing to say if how do i say this if the events post end game if something happened that sparks the eternals and sparks this and sparks that mm. and sparks a evolution in the human genome 
there's no reason that can't happen to some people who already have powers and some people who don't. So maybe right. Wanda wasn't a mutant before. And now along with everyone else who's going to start uh, mutating, she does. And that's why right. she has this power. Maybe they keep her completely separate and she's always just she, the, 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 the stones have some weird, creepy powers and she can do weird shit that we didn't know. And they're just going to always keep her separate because that's where they went. And however they deal with mutants, she's not going to be that. Don't know. Like it could go either way. Like it's going to be really interesting. I do think whatever their plans are with X-Men, they've, they either wrap around what's happening with Wanda right now, or it's a completely separate thing. And she's not a mutant. I think that would be, that would be my two guesses. Yeah, I like those guesses. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to keep it open-ended. Uh, I'm going to trust that they're going to figure out a way to introduce both Fantastic Four and uh, the X-Men uh, in their own time. And maybe this is just laying the seeds for what we may see down years down the road when they finally introduce them. So that's kind of my, my feeling on this whole situation. But I'm 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 looking forward to WandaVision, but I'm concerned about Multiverse of Madness. I'm not a I'm not a Sam Raimi guy overall necessarily, so I have some reservations that they're going to be able to tie these things up and connect them in a way that's going to really bear fruit. Because this is a this is a big swing they're taking with this show, and then into uh, Doctor Strange too. And you might be right, Mikey. Maybe her having dealt with this, and then boom, she's like she can by the end of the series, she's like she's put it away, and she's never going to do it again. She's not going to touch it. She just wants to go back to being a normal person or try to be a normal person. And Dr. Strange comes and gets her and try and says, I need you. You've got to be a part of this. And that's the rebirth of the Scarlet. They may, they may change the way they've been doing things. They may shift gears, but if you look at what they've done in the past 10 years, the sequels to the individual franchises Mm. tend to be sequels to that franchise with the right. with the exception of captain america kind of got a little broader as yeah it was like avengers their main line. but like yeah. but like uh so even though want we all know wanda is going to be a part of doctor strange too i would be surprised if wanda vision the tv series was like right into that's what the entire movie is about i think it's more likely that doctor strange 2 will be more or less a sequel to doctor strange that the events of Doctors, we will pick up and we will see now what Doctor Strange is doing as the head of the, all the wizards. And, and then whatever the threat is that happens or the thing he has to deal with, to your point, Johnny, yeah. he will then say, oh, we're dealing with this kind of stuff. I know who I need. And she'll be like, I can't. I'm still dealing with what I did. I don't know where I'm and He's right. like, no, I need you. Like, I think it's going to be something along those lines, probably. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, all right. Well, there we go. Uh, that's this episode of the Geek Buddies. Thank you all so much for listening to our geekdom listen to us geeking out about things especially shannon geeking out about uh, nicholas cage's superman there's a lot of things Lord to explore still <laughs> laughing you look at it you got him going again some bread boxes, bread boxes. so all <laughs> of it there a lot of <laughs> a lot of fun to think about um please uh shannon uh what do we have to tell him if you can if you can get it together i get uh, uh... Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> if you have to follow us on social media on twitter it's at geek underscore buddies on instagram at the underscore geek underscore buddies if you'd like to follow me on social media on twitter it's at shannon underscore mcclung on instagram at shannon the geek buddy if you'd like to follow mr vogel it's at mk tune if you'd like to follow mr roca it's at the roca says uh mikey uh, and listen whatever whatever part of the multiverse you are in right now thank you for listening uh and no matter which reality you're in we want you to do a f- couple things we want you to uh subscribe below we want you to like this post subscribe to the outlaws page leave us some comments below 
We love hearing what you think. Uh, let us know what you thought about this episode. Let us know what you, th what you thought about the trailer. Do you agree with our thoughts? Do you think that we're completely off base and we're missing something? Let us know. Uh, and if you are listening to us on Anchor or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, uh, leave us a rating, leave us a comment. Uh, it makes us go higher up in the rankings and more people find us when they search Weird Geeky Entertainment Podcasts. <laughs> um, so that's important. And the most important thing you can do uh, is share this video or share the link so uh, retweet us on twitter post us on facebook text your friends and say hey these guys explained a lot to me about uh about the multiverse and wanda maximoff's powers you should check this out you'll be ready for wandavision whatever you want to say or just say we're handsome i don't care just share <laughs> us Ah, that's very cute. That's very good. I like it. I love all of it. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching this episode. Do everything my two uh, fellow uh, uh, co-hosts on the show said uh, and uh, uh, and g give it some love. Give it all the love you can because we love doing this every week, talking about all this nerdy stuff. And I think, no, there'll be one more before I head off to San Diego. So this will be the, this is the, the second to last one I'm doing actually in Los Angeles. So kind of so strange and interesting. But, yeah, uh, and nothing changes. All this it's a good thing we got all this practice uh, doing it virtually. So <laughs> yeah, to all, you guys, to all you guys at home, aside from Johnny's background looking slightly different, there's not going to be that much difference for it's, you. So it's a very, good. It's a good, very good point. Very good point. <laughs> all right. Uh, we'll talk to you next time for another brand new episode of, oh, oh, and one last thing. We're going live next week. I guess that's what we should announce, right? We're saying we're going live. Isn't that what we said? We'd announced yes. it yeah, today. It's, it's Johnny's finale. Yeah. You got to do it. You got to do it like Bill O'Reilly. Okay. Oh, do I? All right. We're going live. We're going live. F it. We'll do it live. There we'll it is. Live. Thank you. There Thank it is. you very uh, much. Yeah, so we're going live next week. So another extra special, extra long special to Geek Buddies live next week. Come and join us and have some fun with us. And we'll be answering your questions about all the nerdy and geeky stuff going on in the world. And, uh, you know, we had such a great time with the DC Fandom uh, one. So come and join us and have some uh, fun questions answered by us uh, and some fun back and forth. And we'll bring even some of you on live. Uh, to ask your questions of us and have a back and forth with us. Since right. it's Johnny's, since it's Johnny's last LA episode, uh, yeah. we will be having a section called "Most Embarrassing John Roca Stories." <laughs> you have to ask the question. We supply the answers. No, <laughs> I did not agree to that. I did not agree to any of that. Uh, all right, for fifty bucks and above, you can send the money. All right, <laughs> all right, buddy. Take care of yourselves. We'll talk to you next time on the Geek Buddies. <laughs> Hey there, it's Rachel Ballinger, and I am extremely excited to invite you to Rachel Uncensored. It's my podcast where I sit down and get real with my friends and celebrity guests where we talk about all sorts of topics, and sometimes we might be under the influence when we do so. We cover things from personal stories to hot-button issues, and it's the only place on the internet you can find an uncensored version of me. It's a side of me that you might not have seen before because it's not the most family or brand friendly. But don't worry, I'm still sort of slightly a decent human being. If you're intrigued, then make sure you check it out. New episodes drop every Wednesday. You can find it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Trust me, you won't want to miss out on the fun and candid conversations we have here on Rachel Uncensored.